Hi, I'm Gareth Mitton. This is a three upfront one on one interview recorded February 2019. I spoke with Burnley and Accrington fan Tony Robinson to discuss his question Can a fan support two teams? Born in Accrington, England, Tony moved to Canada in 1970 and now lives in Newmarket, Ontario. Here is my chat with Tony. No, I think, like as I say, a lot of people will, will have uh, two teams, and I think that's a lot to do with, especially with the Premier League. People will choose a Premier League because of the exposure that gets in North America. And if they're an expat, they might have a team or somewhere they lived and, and they might support uh, Bolton Wonders or Blackburn Rovers or, or whoever, you know. Um, my my situation, and, I, I, and when people say to me, ask, ask um, why can you support two teams or how can you support two teams? To me, it's, it's, it's easy. I mean, I love two teams. I, it's like having uh, several children. You love, you love each of your children the same. So I have enough room in my heart for two teams. It's hard work, but it's, um, it's, it's fulfilling. Um, and the reason I got onto two teams was when I was, I lived in, when I was a, Oh, I'd be seven, six or seven years old. I moved into a house next door but one to where the Akronson Stanley players lived back in, it would be 1960. And all the players in that house, I remember distinctly, they had Scottish accents. And, and in fact, Accrington, I think, was one of the first teams in the, in the 50s with Walter Galbraith to actually field a full 11 players that were from Scotland. Wow. And... And so I, I, I got exposed to that early, but in 62, they went out of business. And, and so I was eight years old then. And then when it got to 10, 11, I wanted a team to support. And as you know, Accrington is, is, is really between Blackburn and, and Burnley. Burnley were in the first division. And I mean, there is a, obviously, as you know, distinct rivalry um, to the point where it's, it's you, you just didn't go, knew, they, the two teams do not get along. Uh, I, had to choose, I had to choose a team and uh, that I wanted to go see. The bus at the bottom of the street went to Burnley. It was a lot closer, but Burnley were then in the first division. They were playing, They, you know, they were still in the top six or seven. Yeah, that um, would have been a fairly golden era for, for Burnley, right? Right. Willie Morgan, Willie Irvin, Andy Lockhead, Ralph Coates, Adam Blacklaw, some really, really, really good players, internationals. Uh, so I remember taking my dad said, if you want to go, you gotta you gotta pay for the tickets. So I got a paper around and and then got to season tickets when I was uh, I'd be twelve. It'd be right after the World Cup, so I'd be twelve to fourteen, and I would go. I had a junior season ticket to uh, to go to Burnley. So that's how I got into Burnley then, and um, but then we emigrated in 1970 to uh, to Canada, um, and so. In the meantime, when I left, after I left, Akronton Stanley started reforming. Mm -hmm. So when they reformed, I started to sort of fall through the paper. And then as I got older, I, would, I always said if they got back in the football league, I'd fly back. Well, I, I did fly back after 40, they were out for 44 years. So I did fly back. That was my first game, uh, seeing Akron Stanley live, um, was the, when they were their, their first home game. Uh, back in the football league after 44 years. So then that's I have... A, that's an amazing story. So that would have been... What year would that have been? It's... um. What are we at now? It's probably about 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. I think they came back in... Well, they went out in 62. So I'm 44 to that. So that's... Um, 
when they got in the football, it would be 2006, I think. Yeah. Okay. Right. Somewhere. Um, but I always, um, I did, I did, uh, I did start following them once the internet came, came about. And then obviously you could, you could track things down. But then as they started to climb up the league, I, I, I just, I always felt, I always felt it's important. I'm, I, I support my hometown team. I, that's born and raised in Arkansas. So I'm, I'm one of these that I think you should support your local team, especially something in the lower leagues. Um, but I couldn't give up Burnley because I had I, I just had a love for them from when I was 12 or 14. You supported them for 40, 40 years, right? So, so I made the decision. I made the decision to uh, to uh, to follow both teams. Okay. So when I when I team men, yeah, yeah. When I fly back in September, uh, well, first of all, in June when the picture lists come out, I I'll take a look to see who's home and. And for up to the last couple of years, it's been really easy because Burnley was at home, Accrington was away. So every Saturday, I go Burnley, Accrington, Burnley, Accrington. But this right. last couple of seasons, uh, they switched the fixtures. So Burnley were playing at home the same weekend. So I have to wait for Burnley's fixtures sometimes if they'll get switched because of Sky TV. And they might play on a Sunday. Well, then I can go to Stanley on Saturday and go to Burnley on the Sunday. Right. If if there's two te- if they're playing to get, uh, at the same time, uh, Burnley Ireland are not three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, I, I I have to be honest. I, I I will go to see Stanley first. Right. So ah, so that's interesting. So that brings us to another point. Um, your your first team, really, your first love is Stanley. Is Accrington Stanley? Yeah, I think I think it is because it's my hometown and because. They need the money more than uh, than uh, than Burnley. Like my, <laughs> when yeah. I buy a ticket to Burnley, uh, it's like put, dropping a, a pebble into the ocean. And and when I go uh, buy, I go into the hospitality in in Accrington because I want to I want to I want ex- the full experience and I want to give them the money. It's it's like pocket, it's like putting a, a dump load of sand into the into the ocean. It's it's a it's a bigger deal. Yeah, so I don't think you know, like a, we're we're obviously a, a Canadian-based podcast, and I think sometimes it's it's difficult if you don't if you didn't grow up in England. Like I I say to my friends, there are so many towns and and villages, and you know the team that's closest to you. There might be a really big team within you know twenty minutes, half an hour, but there might be a a smaller, still fairly substantial sized team, professional team, 10 minutes away. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to test your geography uh, now, Tony. Um, and you'd have to catch your mind well back. So you were you were born in Accrington or? Yes, yes, yes. Right. So I'm actually from, I don't know if you'll know it, but Whitworth, Shawforth. Does that ring a bell at all? No. Bacup, do you know Bacup? Oh, yes, yes, Bacup, yeah. So the other, like the other side of Bacup towards Rochdale. Okay. There's, there's this kind of small town, and I, I actually went to school uh, in uh, uh, Waterfoot, Bacup and Ronstall Grammar School is where I went to school. Right. And funnily enough, my when I I went to uh, university in Preston, and then um, when I first got out of university, my sister just happened to be living in the Accrington area. And her then boyfriend had a house available for rent, so I went and lived. I actually lived in Accrington for a year. That would have been around 2002, I think. Okay. So, okay. Around there. so 
And, you know, but the Accrington, like Stanley wasn't really, I don't know what, where they would have been at that time, but we were Burnley fans growing up. My mm-hmm. dad was a Rochdale fan, actually, because we technically live closer to Rochdale. But Rochdale, you know, kind of what you're saying there, they weren't as as high up as Burnley, although Burnley, you know, where they are now is, is substantially further ahead than they were in, you know, when I was growing up, they were kind of languishing in some of the lower divisions. Uh, so my whole, but a lot of my family lived more Burnley way, Burnley way on, right? So, like, we, we always ended up going over the moors uh, to Burnley. Uh, yes. My sister now lives in Weir, which is uh, just over the hill from from Burnley towards Bacup. So they're still very heavily focused there. They, you know, my my brother-in-law is a huge fan. My nephew, they they're season ticket holders. They go to the the dinners, uh, the players okay. dinners every year. Yeah. They really do go the full hug. Uh, so yeah, it was definitely very much in my blood. But I. Um, what I was gonna say is just in in terms of the two team thing, for me your your Stanley Burnley story is almost my Burnley Newcastle United story, believe it or not, and not because I could Newcastle United was you know is, Newcastle is a long way away from mm-hmm. Burnley mm-hmm. Where we grew up really like you're not gonna there's many more teams in between, but um, when I was uh, in my formative years in my teens in in the 90s. Burnley were a struggling side, you know, like, yeah. you know, I mean, they were they were down there, right? Like third yeah. division, second division. Um, you didn't see them on the telly. You didn't see them on TV. Yeah, and at no. the time, uh, Kevin Keegan was in charge of Newcastle United, and they were playing this crazy brand of attacking football, if you remember at that time. Right. Yeah. A couple of famous 4-3s against Liverpool, and my friend supported Liverpool. So this thing came about where, you know, it's almost like Newcastle United became my TV team. So nice. I started watching watching Newcastle and really kind of, you know, I would buy the shirts and go around in the Newcastle shirts, but I was going to Burnley games with different members of my family. My uncle might take me one week, you know, my sister's yeah. boyfriend might take me another week. So I was going on the turf. I was at the 1994 playoff final at Wembley against Stockport County. Uh, what was that? That was, I think, going from old division two to one. Yeah. So, I mean, you know... It's funny because all my all my uh, um, you know being at the ground on the terraces support was Burnley. I I don't I the, I only ever saw Newcastle live one time. That's when they were playing away at Burnley in the cup, I think. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> but, but to this day now, now so what's happened for me now is Burnley have uh, come along and, and and become a Premier League team in their own right. We're hoping it stays that way. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle have kind of gone the other way, and they've been kind of yo-yoing uh, between the Premier League and uh, the Championship. So, but so you know, Burnley very much is my my first team by a long shot. But I I I do look out for the Newcastle results even now. It's funny yeah. they don't you know Kevin Keegan is long gone. That brand of fo- beautiful attacking football is long gone. You know, getting close to winning the title, Alan Shearer. Yeah. You know, Keith Gillespie, Les Ferdinand, that's that's gone. It's not even the same thing, but I still have a soft spot. It's like you can't erase that. No, you can't take that away. And, and then when once that gets into your system, into your blood, uh, no matter what, you can't uh, you, you can't change it. It's in your DNA, and then it is what it is. And I, I, I mean, I'm fortunate that um, I, I have the, the ability now and the, and the resources that I can travel back to see 
the matches. And I, and I'll tell you that as much as I enjoy uh, um, a game at Turf Moor, watching the Premier League and the you know to me the the, the obviously the best league is, in my opinion in the world. But then and then the next day or or the next week to go and sit in a small five thousand seat stadium, well not even five thousand seats, it's five thousand capacity stadium. And on a good day, if there's an, if it's a team from say Exeter or somebody down, you might have twenty five hundred fans in the stadium. But the atmosphere and you're sitting, uh, I'm sitting twenty feet from the managers and the dugouts from where their players sit, and you can you can hear the players, you can hear the tackling, and it's just. I, I call it real football because you're actually you're actually it's like surround sound. You're actually in the middle of it, you know, whereas in a Premier League. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, because the the prim, sorry not to cut you off, Tony, but like the, the Premier League stadiums, I mean, the bigger ones we're talking about tens of thousands, you know, into the almost hundred thousand people. So you're kind of lost in a sea of people. And that that's an experience in its own right. I mean, that's that's amazing. You know, I've been to Wembley Stadium. I've been to uh, the one in Toronto, actually. You mean the Rogers Centre? The, Rogers, the... Well, yeah. That's the one with the retractable roof, right? Yeah, it's the old Sky Dome, they call it. But it's, it's called Rogers Centre, yeah. So I, I actually happened to be there a couple of years ago when Liverpool played a friendly against TFC. Okay. And, uh, really enjoyed that. But, I mean, it's a big stadium, and you almost feel like it's so big you're going to, like, fall forwards. But... What you're talking about with Stanley, and and again, I don't know. There there will be there will be Canadians who can sort of, um, you know, might might have a similar experience. I know something like BMO Field, for instance, is a little bit more compact. Like, how would it compare to something like that? Because what you're talking about is a real visceral experience, isn't it? Like you're you're actually you're close to the field. It's almost it's yeah. almost like you know the the mud hits your face when somebody goes in for a slide tackle that's what we're talking about right yeah 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 you're you're i mean as you say it's it's um it's like you reach out and touch things and you can smell the you can smell the mud and and, and you know i mean it's it's i mean the you know obviously the pitches in the premier league um the way they're in uh, the grass and and the synthetics woven in together i mean it's just like a billiard uh, table where you go down to you go down to this uh, first league uh, first uh, league one and league two, and this time of year, as you can see on the television, the FA Cup, it gets it gets pretty messy. Uh, oh yeah. But that's that that's a great equalizer, and and it's just um it's just you can as I say you can you can you can just smell the the dirt and the mud and 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 you can hear the tackles and things like it's just um it's an it's it's I think it's just an enjoyable atmosphere. Uh, the football is not as good, obviously, and the talent's not as high, and that's why I enjoy the Premier League. Uh, but but there's something about the, going to a match of the lower league uh, where you can get to know people on a first name basis. When I go when I go into into uh, the hospitality now at, at Stanley uh, that I've been going a few years. Um, Sometimes there's maybe 40, 50 people in there, and they have a, a, a an MC there that will, you know, he'll talk about the sponsors, match sponsors, and this, that, and the other. And it, and when I first when I was first there, he said, "Oh, you come from Canada? Oh, we've got people from Canada come to watch Akron Stanley. Big deal." Yeah, that's a big thing, right? Yeah, and now he walks by and said, "Oh, Tony's back from Canada." It's, it's like, <laughs> so you've it's lost part you've of, lost the some of your now. mystique. Yeah. yeah. So. People expect to see me there, and and I, I, I you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, uh, I can go and talk, I shake hands with the owner, I can talk to the general manager, 
you know, so it's it's just that um, uh, that interaction you can have at a lower le- lower level that you would never have in the Premier League. Yeah. You know, you couldn't That's walk you yeah. couldn't walk by your seats uh, and on your way into the lounge shake hands with the with the chairman of the club like you can at Stanley. That would make my day. That would be so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it uh, and. Yeah, I think you know smaller clubs they need the they need the they need the support, and that's why I think what was an occasion a couple of years ago when Bur- when Stanley hosted Burnley in the uh, League Cup, and um, so that was that was uh, well, who are you going to cheer for? Well, you know I was pulling for Stanley because if they when they won they won the match, the prize money to them was was meaningful, whereas for Burnley it wouldn't it wouldn't buy the tea bags for the for the season, you know. <laughs> Whereas this would play for a couple, a couple of players, so I think that's why I have a I have sort of a leaning towards Stanley because I don't want to see them go like they did in '62, and they also well I mean the original Akron um, uh, has always had a problem with with fans like in 1888 that when they were founding member of the football league they lasted three seasons did Accrington FC and then Akron and Stanley started in 1893. And the reason they started, and this is another, well, I guess this is a sort of a tie-in to, they started for, because a lot of the players lived on a street called Stanley Street, which is next Avenue Parade. Right. Okay. Street. Which, is, which is the stadium, right? The, the Avenue Parade being the, the ground, the stadium? Avenue Parade went up, and then when you went to the left, uh, that's where Peel Park was, just sort of, uh, sort of at the bottom of the coppice at the top of uh, Avenue Parade. But so the, Stanley, ground, the ground itself is oh the the new one it's it's out on the what it's Wally Road off of uh, it's going towards Clayton Way. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, it's the Wham Stadium, but the original one was Peel Park, which was uh, okay. right right at the top of uh, of uh, of Avenue Parade. Um, but I was when I was born in Akron, I was born on on Stanley Street. Oh right! Wow, that's that's and incredible. That's where, yeah, and that's where the players, a lot of them, they were they were originally called Stanley Villa. When Accrington SC went out of the league, Stanley said, well, we'll adopt the town's name and we'll become Accrington Stanley. And then they dropped the word Villa because they didn't want to be associated with Aston Villa. So they then became Accrington Stanley back 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 then. So there's a, the, but that tie into Stanley Street and where I was born and and. and and the small town, I don't know. It's just it's just got in my DNA, and I'm just I'm so I, I'm I'm just up for two teams now, you know. You didn't have much choice but to be a Stanley fan. No, I didn't have a choice. It, it it chose. You know, I was born into it. My grandfather uh, used to go to to matches. My dad um, used to go to Stanley to see some matches. Uh, he also started to take me. I remember the youngest experience I had. He took me to Burnley was on Boxing Day when he used to play back and then he'd have a day off and he'd take me to the match in, in Burnley. That's another reason I started support Burnley because Accrington was gone at the time. But I, I, I don't think it's unusual. It's, uh, you know, I think um, it's hectic, especially on the Saturday mornings when both teams are playing. I'll have Burnley on the television and then I have on my, on the Twitter feed, I'll have Stanley, uh, following Stanley. Right. And then when Stanley scored, there's a fellow in Nottingham who actually is, probably one of the biggest Stanley supporters. He lives in Nottingham. He, right. phones, he phones me on Messenger when Stanley score. So I'm watching the match on the television, watching Burnley, and I'm listening or following Stanley on the Twitter feed. 
And I'll tell you, at twelve o'clock, I'm uh, I'm pretty well I'm pretty well yeah. done for the day. Well, I, I I find it hard enough on the nerves just watching Burnley on a Saturday. So I can only imagine that that's that's doubly uh, stressful. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. That's wonderful. So uh, we're like we're a family at now. Obviously, they've had their ups and downs. But what have the recent years been like? Are they are they in a better place? Like, is the future secure, or are they always uh, you know a bad season away from from? Uh, no, I I think the Stanley are probably in the best uh, best shape they've been in uh, uh, really in the past fifty years because the the owner that's come in. Uh, he's, he's, he's got rid of all the debt. He's, he's started to, to generate uh, revenue streams. Uh, he, he put up a new stand on the on the uh, opposite where the dugouts are. Um, he, he's, and the, the supporters club have built a fan zone. Um, they've already got land, and they're going to and they're going to set up a, a proper training facilities, which they don't have. So they have to pra- they have to train on whatever field they can get. And then at 12 o'clock, if they're if the school kids are coming on, they get kicked off. So um, they're going to they're going to build a new uh, offices and hospitality uh, changing rooms. Um, and so they're they're they are on the way up. Um, they're, they're certainly they're struggling right now because they've gone, I think, seven, seven matches without scoring a goal. Um, I think they'll stay in League One. They'll, they, I think they're good enough to stay in League One. Um, and then they just have to sort of, I think they're realizing that the quality of the players they have are good enough to get them there, but they're going to have to improve on their squad. Now, uh, last year, in last um, um, August, they sold two players for £2 million. Wow, that's, that's big money. Yeah, that's big. Yes, that's huge money. Uh, and so that money, the, the owner took that money and put it back into the infrastructure. So the building, they're building the stadium and, and improving the stadium, and then he's get, if he's, he's given Coleman a bit of money to spend on players. But I think if they can cons- consolidate themselves in League One, uh, then I think they can attract a little better player if they have a training facility. Uh, Atkins Stanley's a good story because it's it's a name that you know, especially with the milk commercials. Uh, yeah. But now, now we should probably explain that because we do have listeners like in Canada that may not have seen, might not be familiar with that. Um, and, you know, in different parts of the world even. So just, just tell the story as if, as if we don't know about it from about the milk commercial that is in, in many ways, it kind of tainted, but also sort of propelled to stardom at Crinton Stanley back in like the eighties. Right. Yeah, and it, it's funny. It's it's funny because Accrington's first game in the football league was actually at Liverpool, and they brought in two lads to do the milk commercial for Liverpool. So there's a tie-in there because, and the first match Accrington ever played was against Everton. And do you know which which, which uh, field they played at? Everton Accrington match when they first played in 1888. Turf No, no, Accrington played at at, at Everton. Oh, probably Anfield. Yes, it was very good. Yeah, a lot of people will guess Goodison Park, but Liverpool weren't even in the in the league at that time. But oh. anyway, back to your back to your milk the milk commercial. Basically, um, this is when Accrington was languishing in 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 probably the sixth or seventh tier of football, and then when it came about, these two young boys from from Liverpool were um, were uh, having a glass of milk and 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 he, they said he and Rush said if you don't drink your milk you you won't be good enough to play for Accrington Stanley 
And of course, the famous line was, Atkins and Stanley, who were they? And they say, exactly. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, they did, they did a remake just this last year, and uh, on it's on studio.uk, and they brought Ian Rush back. No and they had, they had these two lads, two new boys, do the same the same thing and say, you want to be good enough to play for Atkins and Stanley. And then the camera cuts to Ian Rush, and Ian Rush says, well, that's not actually true because he said Atkins and Stanley are doing quite well. They're in League One now. And he said, Atkins and Stanley said, and Ian Rush says, exactly. And it, <laughs> it, it, it's a really good, it's a really good update. But that got, that, that brought Atkinson Stanley's name into, into the forefront. The problem is that it, it was, it was always associating Stanley with not a good team. Yeah, mediocrity, right? Yeah. And I don't think that's fair now because, and that's why I think they redid the commercial to say, listen, it's, they're not, they're not a bad team now. Arkin Stanley, our league one, they're two promotions away from playing at Liverpool and Man City. Yeah, really. I mean, that's, you know, because again, sometimes I think, you know, people may be familiar depending, you know, on their level of sort of, uh, that they, how deep they go with their, their interest in football um, in, in England. So now the way that they've got it branded, you have the Premier League. Below that, you have the Championship. And below that, you have League One, right? Yeah. And below that, you've got League Two. Yes. And then are we non-league after that? Well, you've got the – I think it's called – it used to call the conference. It's called the National League now. Right, yes. It is is the team and, and the top two teams in the National League will get promoted to – to League Two. So at that at that point they're kind of semi professional. But you're you're so you're yes. essentially saying one, you know, Premier League Championship, League One, League, League two. two. So you've got four professional tiers of English football, of which Stanley are, are in the third. They're not even in the yes. lowest professional tier right now. So you know, I I, I think yeah, I, I distinctly remember that that commercial, um, and it definitely sort of tainted Stanley for a lot of years because it, it, what it did is it made Stanley synonymous with uh, not very good, the, like the antithesis of, of Liverpool. But it doesn't, it, it hides the story of, of, you know, many, many years of many different people and players and good players and good people going through that club and, and you know, really fervent, uh, loyal local support that, you don't see, and it's it's really unfortunate. I mean, I've I work in advertising, so I can see in the eighties. You know, I can I can imagine being in that room and going, "All right, this is this is the idea for the ad." Yeah. All right, so what's what's a good team? You know, what's a good like team that's down in the lower leagues that we can kind of put upon? And and Stanley would have been an obvious choice because you know they were down there. They they it's a much smaller town than than the city of Liverpool. And um, but it's kind of local as well to, to yeah. you know, still the northwest, right? So um, you can kind of see the logic, but it was really unfortunate. And it's kind of I, I wasn't aware of the remake. I'm gonna go and Google that <laughs> uh, after this. But uh, it's nice to see that a little bit of credit's been given back, and that's been earned, no doubt, over, over the years. And it's been a tough ride, a, a real roller coaster for Stanley. And it's nice to see them get their their almost the recognition of Ian Rush coming back and saying, you know what? Stanley, not too bad. <laughs> well, and, and I think a lot of uh, the, they don't sort of sort of this, this, uh, a credit doesn't get, get assigned a to them for uh, some of the players that have actually uh, the, uh, played at Stanley that have either been out on have gone there on loan. 
I, I, I mean, um, Bet Bettinelli from Fulham. He spent a full year there. Rob Elliott from Newcastle. He played oh, at Stanley, yeah. right? And uh, Randolph, that was was that was at West Ham, was a keeper at uh, at at uh, Stanley. So, uh, and uh, they've had they've had some good players go through. And, and John Coleman, uh, who's from Liverpool, uh, you know, is actually is actually done a, a, such a superb job. He's a lot like Dice in the in the sense that there's two managers that will I don't think will be fired. I think those are two managers that you could say if they leave, they they'll leave because they choose to leave, not yeah. because the, not the, the club the club will be in a, a worse state for it. But I just want to come back um, to your point about, and I think it's another really important point to make about the way that English football is. Like we know that the Premier League arguably is the strongest league in the world it attracts talent from all over the world the way the market is these days and the money involved in the sport you know the big teams are going out for the very very elite players it is very difficult for young English players to come through that system as evidenced in the starting 11 of any yes. top top six side on, yes. on a given Saturday and I think it the the, the value of, of an Accrington Stanley or uh, I went to uh, university in Preston and Preston North End would be another example of one of these clubs where uh, David Beckham spent uh, a season on loan at Preston before he broke into the Man United first team. He wouldn't have had that opportunity to get out on the field and and uh, kick a ball, you know. So yeah. I think the value as, as kind of a, su a support system and a feeder and a place for young, young uh, English uh, talent to, to get a game uh, is also a, a, another really kind of valuable aspect of it. And that depth of, of, of the, the sheer number of clubs and uh, the support that they get locally, it really does, it really kind of feeds the whole machine, right? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of players um, that have, have um, you know, Richard, uh, as I think of his first name and his last name's Dunn, center back at, uh, from Burnley. I think he's at Sunderland now. Uh, he spent, he spent um, part of the championship season at Stanley uh, and, and really developed quite well. And, and to me, the premiership where they have the under-23 teams um, and they have, I think, players are, are better suited playing in League One or League Two than playing in an under-23 team. I think, they, I think the competition and the quality of football that they encounter um is it makes them improve uh much better than uh, than 120 123 teams which they're supposed to be competitive matches but are they really well i think that you make a really really good point there tony because no it's it's not it's just quite simply not the same level of competition because when those 5000 fans turn up to to Accrington, to watch Accrington, excuse me, to, to watch Eccrington Stanley on a Saturday, on a good day, right? Um, they fervently, with as much passion as any Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, or Burnley fan, they want to see that team win on that day. Um, and that that energy, uh, whether that's coming from 200, 5,000, or 50,000 people, is an energy that you can't match in, in, in a 
a feeder team match, like an under-23 match where moms and dads and cousins are turning up and that's all. You're really yeah. playing in front of an empty stadium. It, it's absolutely not the same thing. And, and in terms of preparing uh, players to play under the pressure of that, because that's also, you know, there's a lot of pressure that comes with being watched. <laughs> you know, I, I played at you know, semi-decent levels over the years and now and again some people turned up to watch and that is a different experience. Uh, I can only imagine the orders of magnitude when, when there's more and more people watching. So, yeah, it's it's a completely different level, and I think that that value uh, is is huge uh, with with a, with a with a team like Stanley or Preston or, or these teams, uh, and and it's and it works on all levels as well because, like you say, a lot of a lot of young Premier League owned players will go to the Championship or League One oftentimes to get game time right well i think and 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 yeah because the league one teams uh, and I'm, i'll say league one teams because i think there's you know with 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 stanley being in league one um they just don't have the the i think they're one of the smallest budgets in league one it probably is the smallest budget so they rely on four or five uh loanees to come in each yeah. each, each window um and 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 I think, you know, it's funny because once the loanees get to Stanley and then they leave, it's like your story when you said about you've got that Newcastle and you keep a track on what Newcastle. These players that come to Stanley, when they leave, they have sort of, they have uh, they have a, a connection and they, they will keep track on uh, on what goes on at Stanley. Uh, and you'll see players, if they're not playing, the, the, they'll come back and watch. I've seen, uh, I've seen uh, Josh Windass come back to Stanley after he went to Rangers because he would come back and see his friends play or he wanted to see his the manager talk. So there's that there's that connection. Um, and it's it's not like it's a great stadium. It's not like they're the best team. It's just that there's a connection and uh, and and, it, and and these players will go back. So I think it's, it's a good draw. And I, I, I got to give credit to John Coleman and Jimmy Bell because obviously they they make the atmosphere uh, and 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 it's a, they play make it a place that players want to go and play, and, and play for. So uh, and and you know so uh, hopefully as I say I'm confident they'll stay in League One. Um, and as I, when I say that I'll I, I'll be happy to see them score a goal. Next match they play a Sunderland away on uh, Friday night. So oh. that's that's a big a big a big task. Just that mean that's unbelievable. You're talking about such a gap, right? Such a gap in terms of the size of the club and the size of the city and the, you know, the recent history. Anyway, let's say. I mean, a lot of people are familiar with Sunderland's story and the the recent fall from grace they've had. I mean, they were a Premier League team, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of seasons ago, a Premier League mm-hmm. team, and now you've got a situation where Stanley are kind of coming from the opposite end and, and are overachieving almost by being in League yes. One. I don't think it would be unfair to say if they got the lowest budget. Sunderland, I have to assume, have the largest budget. Well, they they have a budget around thirty four million, and I think Stanley is about two point two, two point three. So like, based on, based on budgets alone, that score Friday night should be about ten to one, or or it should be, but it won't be because the players uh, are of similar caliber. I mean, they probably have better quality players, and they'll have players on on, on wages that will dwarf what Stanley. But when you when you look at the match and you look at the players on the field, you can't tell who's on the big wage and who's on the little wage. And that's the passion that comes for 
for a playing for a team like Stanley because they want to the players want to prove themselves and they, and they, and 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 sometimes some of the uh, some of the, it's it may be their last chance to get to Stanley if a player's 22 23 24 years old and and they want to get to the championship if they don't make it at Stanley the chances are they're not going anywhere they're fighting for their careers in in many respects a lot of the time Tony, this has been an amazing discussion. I think we could probably talk for literally days, but I do want to—I uh, don't want to uh, keep you too long, and I, I want to kind of wrap things up. There's a yeah. couple of things I just wanted to cover off before you go. I think this has been a really good insight into Accrington and the kind of the lower leagues uh, uh, of English football and why why those teams matter so much, and and um, also a really interesting exploration of what it means and uh, to support two teams. I love what you said, the analogy about it being like two children. You love them. You love them for their own qualities. You love them just as much. And I think that's absolutely true. And, and I, I fully believe that you can love two teams. Um, we didn't talk much about Burnley, which is, you know, a, a huge love of ours. And we actually yeah. kind of through the North American Clarets uh, Facebook group, uh, which is a phenomenal uh, uh, group on Facebook for, for as you would imagine Burnley fans who are based in North America than you would think right yeah, but, very knowledgeable people on that group what's that there's some very knowledgeable people uh, and, and and some diehards that that are expats that have that, that, that have um, uh, you know living over here that uh, that have the same connection I thought when I was living over here I was the only person when that I was supporting Burnley and I was the only one supporting Accrington Stanley. And then lo and behold, there's people, other people out there, this, you know, and, and oh. it's, it's, it's just, it's great to be able to talk to people about an interest because Canadian friends that I have, I can't talk to them the same way about Accrington or Burnley because they just, they just don't have that connection. They might see it on the television and they'll say, Oh yeah, I saw Burnley. Are they, they're in their Premier League, are they? So when soon as you say that, then you, you know, you, you know, which way the conversation is going to go, you know, but no, I do. I do enjoy that. And as you can tell, I love talking football. So, uh, you know, I just, uh, it's a, it's a passion and a big interest of mine. Yeah, that's wonderful. So I, I and uh, yeah, no, and it's great to make connections like this. Like we wouldn't be talking. Yeah. That's one side of social media. Social media gets a bad rap sometimes, but I think that's one of the really great unifying qualities that it can unify based on interests and backgrounds and passions. So I think that that's been really interesting for me. Um, I do, I just want to ask you, are Burnley gonna? Are we gonna stay up this season? Are we gonna be all right? We're on a hot streak at the moment. Uh, seems like Dice has turned things around. We've rediscovered that. A bit of invincibility from last year. Are we going to survive? Yes, yes, and 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 I, uh, um, you know, I was a I was a supporter of Joe Hart because I, I didn't. I think Joe Hart got a bad rap. But having said that, um, uh, Sean Dice made a move that was uh, more for chemistry, uh, I think, than anything else. And and it seemed to tie in. Uh, people are uh, people are saying that you can some of the you hear people say from Burnley supporters. Uh, Tom Eaton's turned them around. It, it coincided with the back four being consistent, where you've yeah. had Taylor, Bardsley, me, and Tar- Tarkowski. And those two middle, uh, me and Tarkowski's play has improved. And it, all those four, five players uh, have come together at the same time. And, and McNeil, McNeil coming on the scene around, oh, yeah. a, it, it all seemed to turn the corner after that Everton defeat. So will they survive? 
yes, I believe they will. Um, they've got some good matches, but I tell you, I, I, I don't, I, I fancy them this weekend. Uh, or, well, sorry, next time they play, uh, they play Tottenham at home. I don't think, I don't think you can pencil in that as an easy win for Tottenham. I could see a draw coming out of that one. Yeah, I think the way they're playing now and just uh, back to that amazing sort of throw everything at it defensive attitude. There's a confidence that again, and I, I agree. I feel really bad for Joe Hart. I think Joe Hart's a splendid keeper. Yeah. I don't know, like, if I'm being honest, I don't know uh, if Burnley was the best career move for Joe Hart. Where he was in his career, uh, to come in there, I, I kind of feel like he thought he was going to come in and be number one. I really do. And I and you've got to remember, people have short memories, but uh, 18 months ago, Tom Heaton was getting in the England setup, was getting very high praise, and was playing very, very well. He got hurt, Nick Pope came in, and was absolutely phenomenal. We were all terrified when Tom Heaton, collectively as Burnley fans, when Tom Heaton got injured, we thought, oh no, Nick Pope. I mean, I, I, was, at that match, I was at that match when he when Heaton got injured against Crystal Palace, and Pope come in, and I think, we're saying, who's this guy coming in? And, and, and that, that, he started right from, right from that match. He didn't. Yeah. He, he was. He just walked on and, and took over that match. But it was no, just he, as good, if not if not better. And and then you know, I think people kind of forgot about Tom a little bit because then Popey gets injured. Dyche yeah. says, okay, Joe Hart, former England and Manchester City champions, uh, sorry, um, Premier League champion goalkeeper is available. I'm going to bring him in. It's a brilliant stopgap solution. But I think people who weren't really closely following Burnley and I found it kind of with some of the guys on, on Sportsnet there where you know they were talking a lot when we when we would go on the show about Joe Hart and we were going well yeah Joe Hart's a good keeper but we have three England keepers you know he's not the only good keeper so my point is nobody should be shocked that Tom Heaton's come back in and been brilliant and he has been brilliant but I do I think it's an important point that you make that Tarkowski's been brilliant Mia's been brilliant that collectively they have a great chemistry and McNeil has, has really given us another dimension because he can actually take on a player and go past him, which we don't, we're not blessed with a lot of that. Um, and that just gives, it just opens things up and makes the other team have a little bit more to think about other than long balls up to the big guys. Well, so got, yeah, sorry, you've got Barnes and you've got Wood now that are coming into form. Uh, and, and I, I mean, I love, I love Ashley Barnes. Uh, I mean, you look at, you look at his holdup play uh, and his distribution, uh, I would say nine times out of ten, he gets the ball, he, he keeps, he passes it off to somebody, and then he makes a move. It's so, it's so he's all simple, but it's, it's not. And he, he's so good at it. He backs in, he takes the ball down, he gets it on the deck, and he finds an, a claret shirt. And you cannot like understate the value of that. Yeah. The one thing I would, I, I just, I, I, I've a couple of shows that. Uh, this last couple of days have been given sort of Burnley a bad rap about this, uh, the penalty call uh, on Saturday against uh, um, against um, Brighton, uh, where they they didn't call a penalty on Hendricks and they went down and they called they got the penalty for uh, Barnes, and Payne saying, oh no, it should that's not right for Burnley, they should have been a penalty. Um, you know, the lot there was three weeks in a row where pe- where uh, decisions went against Burnley. Uh, and and finally they get a decision that goes their way, and all of a sudden Burnley's a bad guys because 
they got a, there was no penalty called against them. I'm thinking, wait a second, what about the times that Watford goal was onside for for Wood? He was he was onside. Oh, the United match, the uh, Marshall—I forget who's uh, the fellow who scored. Um, I don't know if it was Marshall or he was offside. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, add to that, Tony. Add to that, we we weren't awarded a penalty in sixty-some Premier League games. Uh, I think Barnsley was booked. I, th- I think it was in the box a couple of games ago for diving. Listen, Barnes does not dive. Like <laughs> if no. he fell over, it's because somebody kicked him over. It's just not in his DNA to to dive, and he was absolutely ripping because he got a yellow card for a simulation. Again, we didn't get the decision. So look, yeah, Hendrik clearly they had showed a picture of him at the end of the game having a laugh with one of the other boys about it. Yeah, it was a blatant handball, uh, and you know what? We got away with it, and then we we got one up the other end. But over the course of the season, we've had a lot more go against us than have gone for us. And I think that's, you know, that the whole no one likes us, no one likes us, no one likes us, we don't care, uh, really kind of gets shown up in situations like this. Because when Burnley get the rub of the green, people yeah. seem to not like it very much. Well, people say, you know, they talk about uh, VAR coming in and say, you know, that goal, that goal would be called back and it wouldn't be 3 nothing. The score was 3-1, so they still won if they had two goals. And if you look at the other decisions that have gone against Burnley uh, that would have been reversed with VAR, uh, at the present time, we'd be further ahead with VAR in, even if the decision at Brighton went against Burnley. 100%. So I say bring it, I'd bring it on because I, I firmly believe that the Premier League table will look completely different uh, when VAR comes in. Well, I think it's very interesting, and I think maybe some of the bigger teams, maybe that's why they're a little bit more reluctant, because I, it's, un, it's undeniable that decisions go more to, to, to the bigger teams. It's, it's just it's borne out if you look at the statistics. Yeah. And I, I, I believe VAR will be a bit of a leveler. I don't want to really get into a VAR discussion today, but to me, if you've got a technology that's reliable enough, uh, you know, and there have been... It's not been perfect, and they do they do need to refine it still a little bit further, I think. But if you've got a technology that can make sure that the right decisions are made according to the rules of the game, you absolutely have to use it. It should be a no-brainer. The game these days, especially at the Premier League at the top level, it's not the referee and the linesman's fault. They're humans, and it's too fast. That game is too fast for three people and maybe another bloke on the sidelines to see every decision and get every decision right and yet every week we'll just we'll just let the game play there will be an inevitable human mistake and we'll all bitch and complain about it it's not possible i'm sorry but you those guys cannot get every decision right not humanly possible because the the game's so quick and you've got and you've got very very sort of um disgenuine players who will try to con the referee at, at every available opportunity yeah, I think it. I think it'll be more beneficial to the teams at the bottom because uh, if a team gets a, a decision uh, that normally they wouldn't have, that could be one or two, one point or three points that could keep them up. It's that could be worth a hundred million uh, pounds. So I think decisions. That's why it's yeah. Tony. But that's why decisions like the the wood offside. You know, yeah. it hurts you so much because. That could literally be the difference between Burnley staying up this season and going down. And that, when the decisions are that important and have those kinds of consequences for the team, that's where VAR has to be a no-brainer for me. Anyway, 
we're, yep. get, we're getting real deep on VAR. That's for another time, maybe. Yeah. Um, I just because another part of the question. So we've covered sort of uh, two teams. We, we've talked a, a lot about Accrington and Burnley. Um, another part of the question that was posed to the fans on the on the pod page was teams that you like, but also teams that you dislike. Do you have a particular team that you have a particular dislike for, and why? I, I, my first response would be Man United, but I'd like to put all six of the top. I'd like to put the top six in <laughs> in that one group because they're all because of the, it's 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 money driven. I mean, they've got investors, they've got money, they can buy, they can go out and buy whatever, buy whoever they want. Man City was just evaluated at one billion pounds, um, and as I say, I, I think Burnley was, I did, I think they were 134 million. And then you go to the League One, and Accrington's valued at 2.4 million. That's just that's just a gap that's uh, that's incredible. I mean, uh, and and you look at teams. Every team from, you know, out outside that top six, um, you know, I just, I mean, I, I say United because they 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 were winning everything, and I just didn't yeah. like that. And you know, and 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 the fans became smug because they expected it. And if they'd lose a match, they'd be all crying and they'd be upset. And I thought, well, you know what? You 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 don't you don't you not you've got to follow Burnley. You got to follow Hackington. Then you'll understand. If you've been where you if you're at where you're at now, you should be ha- I mean, you should be thankful of all all well, the things. Been spoiled, and I think there's a lot of people that have that that sort of deep rooted resentment. And in, in our like. From sort of my age group up to yours, like th- that twenty-year period where they just like were just colossal and won everything. I think we all have a little bit of resentment for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, Man United would be the team that if I had to pick a team, Man United would be the one uh, because I wasn't. I mean, although probably one of the best managers ever, uh, Ferguson, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. Undeniably, undeniably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to give him credit due, but I mean, there's a reason they call it Fergie time. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, so I mean that that says that says a lot. I mean, there's nobody else got uh, got got some extra time named uh, after him. So that tells, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it on that note. That's that, <laughs> that's fine. You didn't you didn't say Blackburn Rovers. I'm a little bit surprised. As a Bur- all Burnley fans are supposed to deeply resent Blackburn Rovers. Do you not have a, a dislike for the Rovers? Um. No, I no. To be honest with you, I'm not a. I, I don't hate Rovers. I mean, I'm not a fan of them. But I, one of my oldest and dearest friends is a Blackburn Rovers supporter and has been for, for 40, 50 years. And we love talking football. And and I mean, he. I respect him because he supports Rovers, and he respect, respects me because I support Burnley. Uh, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't let uh, football teams like that come in uh, come between us. So although I wouldn't go, I don't like Rovers. I, I don't have a, a dislike for them as much as the as say a Man United. No, I think and, and I would agree with that. I have friends who are similarly afflicted uh, with with the uh, <laughs> terrible disease of supporting Blackburn Rovers, but it's more of a friendly rivalry at this point. I don't think the the two teams have not really been on level pegging. Like uh, there was a time in the nineties where. Um, uh, what was his name? It was Walker, wasn't it? Uh, Jack Walker. Jack Walker. Jack Walker. Yeah. So Jack Walker was a local sort of millionaire businessman who played a lot of money into the club. Was a, a lifelong supporter of the club, and they won a Premier League title, one of the earlier Premier League titles with the Alan Shearer up front. And um, you know that was a tough time because Burnley were really struggling back back then, and 
Blackburn were getting a lot of success. So there was a lot of there was a bit of resentment there. And you know, in the past number of years, the tables have kind of turned, and Blackburn have struggling a little bit down down in the lower echelons and uh, Burnley finished seventh in the Premier League last season lest we forget so um, but yeah. I, I think at this stage it's more it's more friendly rivalry but you know what if we if we end up in that same division again it, you know it catches fire again a little bit and it's always always a big game when we play in the cup I know and, and to, uh, I'm gonna say I would I I, I would predict that uh, Akron Stanley will be in the same division with Rovers before Rovers are in the same division with the, the Burnley. Well, I'll hold you to that, and I really <laughs> hope that's the case. And I really hope that's because Stanley do well as well. Yeah, this has been really good. I I just really appreciate you uh, giving us the time, Tony. Uh, you're you're a lifelong fan who grew up, you know, next to the ground on the on the street yes. that the 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 team was named after Akrington Stanley. So you know, to to have that kind of uh, deep-rooted affiliation with the club, and you know, obviously you you love two clubs, but you're very kind of into fabric of Stanley, and I think that's a really been a really interesting thing to to share. If Stanley hadn't gone out of business, I wouldn't support two teams because I I would have supported Accrington Stanley, but I, uh, but so you know with with Burnley going picking Burnley and then Stanley coming back into the picture. Uh, then I, I, you know, I've got the two teams, but, uh, so it's, it's funny how fate works that way, but, uh, I mean, I enjoy, I'm enjoying the ride and, uh, long, long may it continue. Yeah. You've got enough love to give to both teams. So, uh, you keep, you you keep that love. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I don't have any room for any other teams though. I got two. That's enough. <laughs> that's right. That's the limit. I think. Yeah. yeah. Tony, thank you. thank you so much, my friend. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the chat. We'll talk later. Thanks buddy. Cheers. Thanks to Tony Robinson for the great chat and for the amazing question that he posted to the uh, Three Up Front Facebook page. We encourage all of our listeners to get involved in the conversation. Get on our uh, Facebook page, Three Up Front, on Facebook or Twitter and uh, send us your questions. If you do, uh, you could be featured on the pod like Tony. On February 15th, 2019, Accrington Stanley went to Sunderland Stadium of Light. They led 2-0 2-0 after 52 minutes, eventually earning a point and a 2-2 draw. At time of posting, Stanley sit 15th in League One, 7 points clear of the relegation zone.